I know exactly what you need in your life. More practice squad. So give us a follow on Instagram at practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Our posts are phenomenal. Our stories probably even better and our hairlines undefeated. Again, that's practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Check it out and give us a follow. Squad out. Welcome back to the practice squad, everybody. Joe's going to break down right now exactly what a vital log is. So recently we went on a camping trip. Uh, it was very hot. Um, and grown-ass man sitting across from me easy took uh, a bottle of gummy vitamins with him, uh, which melted together into uh, the shape of their container and will henceforth be known as Vitalog. Yeah, so in hindsight, I should have brought the two gummies instead of the whole bottle because I was only going for two days, but I brought 60 vitamins with me because I was thinking, you know what? I'm not going to waste a plastic bag on just a couple of vitamins. So instead, I waste an entire plastic bottle that contained the Vitalog. Lesson learned. Vitalog. All right. Well, uh, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA bubble, the NBA playoffs. But before we get to that, I think uh, we all need to remember that sometimes your microphone is on when you're talking. Yeah, it's a really valuable lesson, isn't it? Yeah, well, as you may have seen, uh, Cincinnati Reds announcer Thom Brennan uh, didn't know that. And while coming back from a commercial break, uh, I have no idea what the conversation was previous to this, but he let out a, ra- or not racial slur, a homophobic slur before the game started. And during the, this is where, this is where it gets, because like, homophobia don't don't be it i don't know what else to say don't be it well there's degrees of homophobia too and this was a pretty severe degree well what he said yes and it's just the the part where it gets to be entertaining though is during the fifth inning of the game thom is forced to uh apologize on air before handing his microphone off to another announcer who finishes calling the game. And so, in his apology, uh, Thom goes ahead and says that he's a man of faith, which, you know, great job, way to be hypocritical, doing great, off to a good start with that apology. Uh, Then he apologizes to his bosses, then he apologizes to Fox, which again is his bosses, then he apologizes specifically, and I'm not paraphrasing here, to the people that sign his checks. He said, I apologize to the people that sign my checks. So he apologized to his bosses three times, then handed the microphone off. And during his apology, a home run was scored. <laughs> Which is really funny. It's almost like out of a Saturday Night Live sketch, because he stopped midway through his apology to say, Oh, and that ball is gone yard. That's going to be number. That'll make it 4-0 Cincinnati here. And then goes back to apologizing to his bosses. Yeah, and he goes like, wow, that was a good home run there. Anyway, uh, I don't feel bad about this thing I'm apologizing for. Yeah, it's it was in, in the hierarchy of ineffective 
uh, non-authentic apologies is one of the, is one of the most it's one of the highest I've ever seen. It's amazing. Yeah, put that one in Canton, Ohio. I mean, baseball hall of infamy, right next to Alex Rodriguez's steroid test and Barry Bonds' bat from that season he broke the home record while cheating. Oh, and that time Sammy Sosa pretended not to know how to speak English in front of the Senate. Remember hey, that? Yep. Yeah, baseball's great. I love baseball. All right, so that's that. Tom? Is it Tom Brenneman? Well, here's the is thing. Is that his name? He's one of those people that spells his name T-H-O-M, but goes by Tom. And it's like, that's that's not how Tom is spelled. We know how Tom is spelled. It's spelled T-O-M. Tom and Jerry. That's how it was spared. That's how it's spelled. You had an H in there, I'm calling you Thom. You have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, the lead singer for Radiohead, his name is Thom York. Everyone calls him Thom. They don't call him Tom. It's Thom. I get it, though. He's in Cincinnati. It's the Midwest. You know? You gotta be an upright Christian homophobe if you want to fit in. <laughs> so, I, I get it. Uh, and also, uh, in the context of what he was saying, he said uh, this word followed by capital of the U.S. Now, looking into their schedule and kind of leaning into the stereotype that you would assume that Thom was leaning into because of what he said, you would assume that he'd be leaning into the stereotype on this. They don't play San Francisco this year. So, I don't know what he was referring to. Like I said, that conversation beforehand was really strange. And... The more I've thought about this, because I've been thinking about this since it happened, I think that because he says it so casually, you got to assume it's a word that he uses around the office, uses it a lot in his life. I think that he used it enough around somebody who was offended by it that also worked in the production. And so they unmuted his mic without letting him know so that he said it on the air. I, I like you're going galaxy brain with this. That would, I wouldn't put it past any production man who wanted his hateful person that he worked for to take the fall. Seriously, for I think being it, hateful. I mean, and if if that did happen, I'm fine with it. You earned it, Thom. Good for you. Yeah. There's the old saying: you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Actions have consequences. Here's your stupid prize, Thom. Had to do. And stupid prize is defiant. Indeed, he is. All right. Well, there's enough about. Is that just going to be a weekly segment now, where it's like, what stupid thing is happening in the MLB this week? What, Idiot of the Week? Maybe not specifically baseball, but we could do Idiot of the Week. At this point, it's been pretty much exclusively baseball, though. Yes. So. So far. So we'll good. see. We'll see. Well, I guess we could have given it to Darius Guys, but we don't really need to go into that right now. Oh, there's a difference between Idiot of the Week and Criminal of the Week. So... Don't not even get too far into that unless you want to see some dark stuff. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and transfer, or I guess transfer, whatever. We'll go with transfer uh, over to the NBA bubble and the playoffs. Now transferring to bubble, entering commercial break. Here at the practice squad, we obviously love sports. And when it's time for us to work out, we want to emulate the athletes we talk about each week. And in Utah, there's only one place we can train like an athlete. At the Training Room, located at 710 South, Utah Valley Drive, American Fork, Utah, 84003. Here they offer on-site sports medicines for all members, which includes deep tissue massage, 
physical therapy, chiropractic adjustments, and injury prevention training. Lord knows we need that. Beyond the stand memberships, they offer personal and group training classes like their own unique hype training. Other classes include Muay Thai boxing, pre- and postnatal yoga, and for younger athletes, they offer sports-specific strength and conditioning training for individuals and teams. Head over, tell them the practice squad sent you. Peace. And we're back! But unlike Tom, we didn't say anything homophobic or racist, so we got that going for us, don't we, Joe? Yeah, we just continued to make fun of Tom while we were at the commercial break. That's right. All right, so... First round of NBA playoffs is we're approaching about the halfway mark. Two or three of the games have been played. The Jazz have been playing unlike themselves, because I watched most of the season. And uh, despite our winning record, uh, I would say that we turn the ball over more often than not, like over and under, over eight times a game. Today, I would say it's even higher. I think I feel like we average like 12 a game. It feels that way most of the time. I feel like we average eight a half at times. Like It's been... Turnovers are one of the most frustrating things about this Jazz team. Yeah, we win despite that. Yes. <laughs> That's how much talent we have on our team. So, it should not come as a surprise when we stop turning the ball over that we win the game almost every single time. So today, they forced over 10 turnovers against the Nuggets. They had less than 5 overall. And they kicked their butts. They kicked their butts back in the last Tuesday. I saw a tweet today that said, this is the kind of loss that should make you seriously consider your opinion about someone. So right now, people are looking at Nikola Jokic, and they're looking at that two seven-game series last year, and they're looking at Jamal Murray, and they're looking at Mike Malone, and they're thinking, hey, are these long-term pieces that are going to be competitive and championship caliber worthy at some point? And these are the kind of losses that we're talking about here in the playoffs where it's do or die every game. And the Nuggets are just saying, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bend over. Just tell me you know when it's over. I think the Nuggets are playing really complacently right now. Like, I, I don't think they expected this level of performance from the Jazz. And to be honest, I was with them. Yeah, I didn't either. We played like crap. The three game, I think, I think it's safe to say that the best three games we've played in Orlando have been the three playoff games. Yeah. No, well, I mean, there was the other game where Donovan went crazy and we went to double overtime versus the Nuggets. And lost. And lost. But, man, this has been... These are two of the best games that the Jazz have had all year. Period. And they're coming against top-level talent in the form of the Denver Nuggets. Well, we are peaking at the right time, which is awesome. Uh, it's it's interesting looking at this, because I feel like every every game in the bubble has this little bit of an aspect to it where it's like, what the, what would this game look like if it was in somebody's home arena with their home crowd there? It would look pretty similarly to what you saw in the virtual fans for the Nuggets today, because to technically this was a home game, so their fans were out there, but their fans had their head in their hands, they were falling asleep, and that's because of the butt-whooping that they were witnessing. So I think it would go the same way, because the Jazz are playing like a whole new team, honestly. They're making the right cuts. They're not turning the ball over. They're taking the shots instead of passing them over to get a tougher shot. And I have not seen them play this well, I don't think, ever. For these past two games. Talking about the whole Donovan Mitchell area, you'd have to go back to the Oklahoma City playoff series to find the Jazz team peaking like this. And not to be too much of a pessimist here, but 
the question now becomes how long can we keep this rolling for? How long until something happens that throws off his chemistry? Honestly, I was afraid it was going to be today with Mike Conley coming back because you go back multiple times over our history. I have said Mike Conley throws off our chemistry, and I, I believe that he does. I feel like our team doesn't flow as well with Mike Conley as a starter. Now, today we showed that we can definitely win with him as a starter. Um, but I don't know. I'm just I, – I worry about the Jazz chemistry because it always feels like it's so perilous. Like we're razor's edge on whether or not something's going to throw us off and we're going to just go tank for the rest of it, you know? Well, we'll have to see how this is going because uh, I think a lot of us wanted – all right, Mike Conley's here. Win now. Contend for a championship now. But that's because that's the bill of goods you were sold. Yeah, it was. But oftentimes it doesn't work like that. You have to have patience and time. Mike Conley had never played outside of Memphis in his entire career, and he was used to being the third banana. We had always been the first or the second. So what we're seeing right now is we're seeing Mike Conley adapt to that and really finding his groove as a jazz man. And he sunk six threes tonight. Honestly, I mean, if he keeps this up, I think. Utah Jazz basketball players and basketball players in general are going to be trying to have babies in the playoffs. Because Fred Van Fleet last year had his baby, and then all of a sudden he was an all-star. Caliber player almost. Mike Conley has his baby, six, six threes. First game back. Like he never even left. Hashtag rally baby. Let's go. Hashtag rally baby. Let's go, baby. <laughs> all right. Now, another interesting thing that happened in the playoffs was Portland upsetting the one-seed Lakers. And uh, we'll get to Damian Lillard and how amazing he has been in the bubble in just a moment. But interesting thought that I've seen is going into the playoffs, I had heard people say that because of the bubble, the lack of fans, the lack of a home court, that they felt uh, more of these lower-seed teams would be more likely to get swept. They wouldn't be able to steal wins. And I actually felt that it was the opposite. I thought it was the higher seed teams that would hurt more from not having a home court advantage. Because, let's be real, whose crowd is going to be more lit? The one seed or the eight seed that barely got in? Who's missing, who's missing the more energy? It's the one seed. Yeah, they are. But part of the home field advantage is that you could go home, home to your house. Mm-hmm. And in the bubble... Y'all are going to the same hotel rooms. Sometimes you're going to the same hotel. <laughs> Sometimes you are going to the same hotel, like when Jamal Murray caught Donovan Mitchell after he dropped 57 on him. Yeah, Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell running to, into each other at the at the hotel there. Yep. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely at a disadvantage in that aspect. But what we're seeing from the Lakers, despite them winning last night in rather convincing fashion... In a game that Dane left early. True. Hopefully he's healthy and he'll come back 100%. Is that they've got deep problems and they ride or die with their supporting cast. Because two players isn't enough to get you over the hump most of the time. So if KCP's going one for nine and Kyle Kuzma isn't playing very well and got turnover prone Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee out there turning the ball over, you're going to be in for a tough time. No matter how talented Anthony Davis or LeBron James is. Well, I don't think it's much of a 
stretch to say that having a quality bench is important in the NBA. Um, yeah, I at first I was really surprised with what was happening when Portland was able to steal game one. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, nah, this kind of makes sense. The Lakers have looked shaky. And, you know, they got the win last night. Uh, if Depending on how long Dame's going to be out for, uh, they'll probably win the next three games. Yeah, CJ McCollum's playing with a broken back and a broken bone in his back. And I, I just don't see Portland having enough if Dame isn't at 100%. No. That, that was the whole condition. Like, when I said they were a Dark Horse Finals contender a couple weeks ago, the whole reason I said that is because that, that's all contingent or dependent upon Damian Lillard being the man. Who, at the time, was going off. Uh, during this bubble, I've always been a fan of Damian Lillard his entire career. Uh, I even went as far as to spend hours looking for a number one Weber State jersey, which I did find and buy. And one big thing is during this playoff series, or during this uh, bubble series, I have decided that he is now my number one pick for best point guard in the NBA. Uh, so all the Steph Curry fans can be upset about that if they want. And all the Kyrie Irving fans can have no opinion because if you think Kyrie's the best point guard, that's on you. They're off the grid. They, they don't want the, the global conspiracy or cabal finding them on the internet. So. Please, please, don't say global. Remember, Plato. Ah, Plato, sorry. Plato, the Plato cabal of lizard people will find them if they voice their opinions on the internet. Why did Kyrie say the earth was flat? Did we ever come up with an answer for that? Why was he, why was he talking about that? Because he believes it. I know, but why would you say it? Because he believes it. That's fine if he wants to believe it. We talk about players wanting, deserving to have their own opinion all the time. I know, but flat earth, I mean... Sometimes you're going to have a scientifically incorrect opinion. Think about the world we live in. I suppose so. Hmm. Yeah. Alright, but I, I'm still going to go with Steph Curry until he's healthy and proven otherwise. Uh, but Damian Lillard's definitely 1B. He's I'm basing it off the last two seasons. Dame's looked better. Steph's played with KD, and he was showing out this year. So he hasn't really had the chance to defend his best point guard in the league title. I think Demi Lillard is an historic player. He's an incredible player, but I still don't think he's better than Steph Curry. So yeah, that's what I think about Damian Lillard. So uh, if we want to move on to some of the other interesting playoff series, what about the Clippers and the Mavericks? It's been a really... Honestly, I feel like I've seen some ugly basketball in that series. Yeah, the Clippers and the Mavericks have been trading bricks at certain points. Well, I mean, game one, you had Porzingis uh, getting ejected in comical fashion uh, because one of the softest players in the league got into two altercations. i put that in hand quotes. Um, and then Luka nearly putting up a quadruple-double Points, yeah. assists, rebounds, and turnovers. Uh, as Everybody wanted to talk about Luka getting, like, what was it, 42? Like, yeah, that was really cool for him to score 42 in his playoff debut. I was a little bit more focused on the 14 turnovers he had. Yeah, and that's what he himself focused on as well. He said, we would have had a chance in that game if I didn't turn the ball over like I did. Yeah. And so Luka, obviously, extremely talented, but 42 points little bit diminished when you turn it over 14 times. And, and then the Mavs did get game two. 
in rather convincing fashion. And I just, I don't know. It's, it's, I felt like, there have been times this season where I felt like an all-LA Western Conference Finals was about guaranteed. And right now, I I genuinely have no idea who is going to be in the WCF this year. It could easily be like the Rockets and the Mavericks. Yes, it really could. And it's just, it's so, things are so weird in the NBA right now. I think we're starting to see the amount of time that these guys have been living in the hotels start to take their toll a little bit. We're starting to see things get a lot more chippy on the floor. We're starting to see uh, a lot of players kind of just kind of break down. Uh, Just they're not, they're making really simple mistakes in games. It's interesting. It is interesting. And it's actually been some of my favorite basketball to really ever watch. So I'm really excited for the midseason tournament when it starts. I'm really excited to see what Luka does because ICM is the next. It's going to be him and Giannis to decide the fate of the NBA with hopefully Donovan Mitchell in there. I have my hopes pretty high for him. Again, Donovan, forgive forgive me for all the slander, please. But uh, um, yeah, I don't think we need to worry about him forgiving you. It's the rest of the idiot fans in Utah that you need to worry about. We'll go ahead and put them in quotation marks as far as fans go. Yeah. They're just people that like to post that they were at a jazz game on their Facebook pages. It's kind of like when Mike Pence went to an Indianapolis Colts football game only to leave early because they wouldn't stand for the national anthem. Yeah, him and him and mother went home early. Yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's like, but, oh yeah, I'm a fan. I'm just a fan here to own the libs, you know. But uh, anyways, uh, I'm seeing Luca. And we're seeing the future of the NBA, really. We're seeing the transition. Uh, Kawhi and Paul George getting old, and so is LeBron. Paul George, man, I've been a fan of him for pretty much, well, the last six years. Paul George has looked old this season at times. He still pulls out great performances every now and then, but it's like you'll see him. The ice packs on his shoulder when he's on the bench are getting comically large. Yeah. Like he's out there with what looks like he's got a space helmet on his shoulder, just full of ice wrapped around him. He's got a Lord helmet for on real. his shoulder. Looks like he's got, he's got like they their the hotel ice machine must be running on it like overdrive to keep up with the demand to keep his shoulder nice and cool. Yeah, all the little ice monkeys that are in the ice machine they're working overtime. They're yeah, working you, hard. Yeah, you don't know how ice machines work. Um, I don't I don't know about the Clippers right now. I don't know about the Mavericks right now. The only team that I do feel confident about in the West is the Thunder, in that. Chris Paul will well, continue to annoy people. Because <laughs> if there's one thing that's guaranteed in basketball, it's that Chris Paul will be antagonistic. Okay, so you have a certainty that Chris Paul is going to continue to be a butthole, and I'm certain that the NBA is in good hands with these future stars showing out in the bubble. So I think that's it for, for our bubble coverage, isn't it? Feels good right now. Uh, well, let's see. One more thing. Has your opinion on who's going to win the East changed at all? Because for me, it has. No, because I said it was going to be the Raptors. Oh, you did. Yes, you did. Okay. Well, now I'm agreeing with you. Sweet. Because I have changed. Because the Bucks have not looked anywhere near as good as I expected them to. And the Raptors have looked... I knew they were going to be good. They looked much better. Uh, Brooklyn out there looking like a Juco against them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a good thing if Kawhi, that Kawhi left the Raptors. Because if he hadn't left, we'd be like, oh man, this is a wrap already. Send everyone packing. So that Raptors roster is super good. They play super well together. 
And yeah, I'm still seeing them taking the East. All right. Well, I'm with you now. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and see y'all later. That's right. Uh, before we go, though, I do take back my Lakers pick. Now it's just kind of a, a wash. I have no idea who's going to do it. For real. I wish I had. <sighs> Let's go with uh, Houston for the West. You know what? I'm just gonna. We'll say, see where that. We'll see where that is next week. We'll go Houston for now. Yeah, you know, I'll say Houston too. I just want to reverse jinx it. <laughs> All right, peace out, y'all.